0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. I found my
1: way back to a higher ground. Yeah, I just want to feel alive.
2: Welcome to Higher
1: Ground with Julian King. No, I'm not there,
2: but I'm close. Yeah, hello everyone. This is Higher Ground on Wednesday night. He's starting to feel that springs in the air. Oh, I'm really good this. see is because we're what seven days in a September but I, I don't know it's not so much just the weather but it's the fact that it's footy finals time, the US Open's in full swing, you had a, a sprinkling of cricket as well, I just love this time of year, absolutely love it Jules with you, great to have your company this evening on SEN 1170 in Sydney SEN Q693 in Brisbane and 1620 on the Gold Coast as well as via the SEN app, now I'd love for you to join in on the program tonight that open line number 1300 01 1170 and the text line 0457 736 736. Look, I know it is footy finals time, as mentioned, and we'll sink our teeth into that shortly, but I think we have to start with the US Open, though we and Nick Kyrgios. This marathon five setter, he went down to the Russian. He's not playing under the Russian flag, Karen Kachanov. He claimed the first at 7 5 Kachanov. Nick looked to have hurt his left knee. We didn't know at the time the extent of that injury, complained about it, said it was hard to move. Afterwards, he said it was just it wasn't that bad in the end. But he battled on. He battled on. His movement did look a bit restricted. He won the second set. He won the fourth set, went down an early break in the fifth. Then despite having break point opportunities in the final set, he just couldn't convert and he bows out. Uh, you know, that's a way to deflate that feeling that you had and everyone thought, oh, this has got to be his year. This one's going to hurt Nick. It'll absolutely hurt him. You may have seen the footage one of him smashing racket after racket after the match. Clearly, it meant something. Now forget about the the petulance, I mean, it meant something. He will get Kyrios few better opportunities to win a US Open or to win a Grand Slam tournament. May not get a better opportunity. It was there. It was there for the taking. Let me ask you this: Now that Kyrios is gone, Isla's gone. Are you tuned out to a degree? You know, there's no sort of there's no Nadal and Djokovic and Federer. So you look at oh, we have got oh, all and Kachanov, and then we've got oh, who's the other semi? We've got uh, Alcaraz and and one other, not Sinner, is it? I think he went yeah, Sinner. You know, so, yeah, they're all right, but they're hard. They're not sort of players where you'd get up in the middle of the night to watch. Well, certainly not yet. And now that Kyrgios has gone, I I, I confessed to losing a bit of interest. And he said, I. Oh, I feel like it was either winning at all or nothing at all. I feel like a fail at this event. I feel like, and he used a naughty word, I feel like he's let and he looked a despondent individual in his press conference. He said, oh, I don't care about other tournaments. It's only about the majors. And to a degree, he's right. He had a a taste of a final and and he he saw a clear path. He was just so good against Medvedev. And it wasn't his best game. Catching off was pretty good. He he looked flat by his own admission. Kyrgios, he was flat. Yeah, that's the nature of sport. You can't be up all the time. Anyway, he's had a pretty good tournament, made a quarterfinals, you know, a couple of years ago. I don't think many people thought he'd get past round three or round four. Now, the Telegraph, Fatima Kadu. Uh, Penrith captain Nathan Cleary has warned NRL players of the dangers they face after a late-night incident resulted in teammate Taylor and May have been found guilty of assault and facing a two-game ban from the NRL. Uh, does he need to warn them of the dangers? It's not as though rugby league has been devoid of scandal. Well, similar situations in the past, I would have thought. But he's a leader, Nath. He's a leader. Big controversy, of course. Yesterday they said, oh, the incident was bad enough to be banned, but you know what? You can line up Friday showdown against the Eels, play finals footy. We'll just make the bans happen next year. We'll just just park them in 2023. So last week, a Queensland magistrate found May guilty of assault after he dragged a teenager to the ground. This is on a night out October 8, just after the Panthers won the grand final. Now, he said he was defending Cleary. Cleary corroborated that. Ordered to pay a $1,000 fine, a 1000 bucks compensation to the victim. No conviction recorded. The court heard that Cleary had asked the team to delete a video recorded of him earlier that night. And, and Cleary said, look, it's up to the NRL about the decision and you want your best players out there and blah, 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 blah. Cleary said if he and his Penrith teammates had their time over, the situation would have been hand, handled differently. Well, obviously. But we're all wise after the event. And I like Nathan, at least just saying things he needs to say. And even if it's not your fault, you just you've got to turn the other cheek, you've got to walk away. Because everyone's got a camera, something stupid's gonna happen when alcohol's involved. It's a price you pay. Even if morally you feel you're right. And he said he was, you know, May was trying to defuse the situation. Bottom line is this, he was found guilty of assault. And it's patently ridiculous that he's allowed to serve his suspension next year. Because uh, you know what message that sends? The NRL is saying, well, we, yeah, look, we sort of take assault charges seriously, but not that seriously. You know, yeah, you, us, you know you know, wait till next year. We're not going to be seen to be doing something. It's it's a horrible look. Horrible look. Anyway, what he's done, he's done. Normally I'm talking about tomorrow night's game uh, on a Wednesday night high ground episode. But, of course, there's no Thursday night football. It feels weird a little bit. And we play the waiting game. Panthers-Eels, Friday night, that is going to be an absolute belter. I reckon out of all the games over the weekend, that, that's that's the number one. That is the standout. And the only shame is that more people can't see it live. They've missed a trick here. Uh, too late now. It's going to be one hell of a spectacle. I also actually expect the Sharks-Cowboys going to be a really high-quality affair too. Also a game where spectators be locked out. And tickets vastly overpriced. Vastly overpriced to the point where uh, a hill seat, well, oh, sorry, let's say that again. Well, firstly, a hill seat, at that is more expensive than a hill seat to Panthers, but a Category 1 ticket at Shark Park, 95 bucks, bucks Category 1 to a brand new Allianz Stadium, 65 bucks. Like, can you work that out? Can you work that out? It makes zero sense. And yeah, they're at a premium supply and demand. There's only 11,000. It shows everything that's wrong with the situation. But I do expect the Sharks-Cowboys going to be a high-quality one as well. I, as I said, also a game where spectators are going to be locked out and tickets vastly overpriced. I think they're a, a really, really red-hot chancy, the Cowboys. Most people are saying Cronulla. Look, I think Cronulla probably get a job done being at home and considering North Queensland aren't one of the best travelling teams in the comp, but... Cronulla got some key personnel returning in Finucane and Kennedy, but I'm just thinking about it. Like they had a pretty cruisy run into the finals, Cronulla, and their form wasn't that great. They did enough to win. And yeah, you know, there's that belief that you sort of play approximately to the standard of your opposition. And that may be true to a degree, but I don't know. Did you want a hard hit out? Just like Parramatta had in the final round. Maybe, maybe time will tell. I know the Raiders are giving trouble to the Storm. I just think with Jerome Hughes returning, I expect Bellamy's, Men to get the job done, just because at this time of year, they know how to win these games. And then we're back at Allianz again for the Roosters and Rabbitohs round two. Expect fireworks once more. Radley is back. JWH is going to play. Tupo's been named for the Chooks. Probably 50-50. I'd be a bit surprised if he plays, but who knows? The buddies have cleared Cam Murray after that head knock. Uh, Damien Cook's back. Campbell Graham is back as well. So some really key ins of both sides. And Suali'i was was, well, the other one for the Roosters. Luttrell, of course, can expect to be boot. You know, some people are suggesting that this could be a year where a team outside the four might claim victory. I mean, Penrith's still the team to beat, but from five to eight, you'd have to say Melbourne and the Roosters most likely. Uh, the Chooks are won nine on the trot. I guess the question is, can they get to 12 in a row to win the competition and now without Joey Marnie? Well, I'm not as convinced as others are. In fact, I give Souths a, a real chance on Sunday. Because the Roosters are all over them, and the margin wasn't that big in the end. We should wait and see. This, this could go either way. As for the tricolours, as our friend and colleague Adrian Pashenko writes, the Roosters have sworn off alcohol until their premiership campaign is over in a bid to continue their winning streak all the way to the grand final. There's always a swore off alcohol or swear off alcohol story at this time of year, isn't there? There's always one. I haven't read any sex bands yet. It's a tactic that's paid dividends in the past, most notably before back-to-back premierships in 2018-19. So they've got precedent here, the Roosters. I like this. The players have no qualms about swapping lagers for lattes, believing It's a sacrifice that could give them an edge during the big season-ending matches. Did you yeah, look, probably. Sammy Verrill said it's happened for about a month now. and Everyone's got different sacrifices, and on it goes. You know what? This is it. This is, this is like the Sydney Roosters version of Lent. Isn't it? What are you giving up before the finals? What are you giving up? I'm going to give up giving up things because I'm no good at it. No good at it. Uh, earlier this season, Latrell revealed he'd given up alcohol indefinitely in a bid to be at his best and seemed to have helped his four. Likewise, Cam Munster. Uh, speaking of which, he, he did confirm that Benji had flicked him a text about the Tigers. You know, no, no dollars and cents discussed, but, mate, you know, would you be open to it? I, I don't know what he said. He says, I'm, coach- I'm close to Benji and the coaching staff. He messaged me. Would I give with the Tigers a chance to come to the party? So what did Munster say to him about the possibility of a partnership? Look, mate, I'll have a think about it. Have a think about it. I'll have a think about it. It wasn't like I said, show me the money. Interestingly, Melbourne, though, have said, look, we've put our offer in. We can't budge on it. In fact, let's hear what Cameron Munster had to say about his future.
0: Look, I love this club. Love everything, everything about it um, and whatever happens happens um, I, if I was standing here just wanted, if it was only about myself then um, I'd love to stay but at the same time I've got a young family that I need to worry about I'm gonna put hold on negotiations until obviously the final series is done so I um, just want to focus on the finals and and hopefully go deep in um, September
2: so it's an answer that gives us absolutely no answers no, I'm not worrying about that you know it's like this I'll just leave that to my manager oh I'll let them sort it out if I'm a betting man, this is the thing, you know. He said it's not just about numbers. He's got to think about his partner and his family and the rest of it and what he's going to do. But if Melbourne aren't going to budge, and basically Breith and Astor said, well, we'll go to the market in November because they can negotiate a year out, does that augur well if you're a Melbourne fan? Forget about Tigers. He won't go there. I'd be very stunned if he does. And he said money's not the motivating decision or motivating factor in his decision, I should say. He's a Queenslander. He says, it's about what my partner wants, not about me anymore. So that's interesting. But as you said, everything's on the back burner. Uh, Melbourne chairman, Rat Tripp said, we put our best foot forward. There are no changes to that offer. There won't be any changes. So the question is, where will Cameron Munster end up? It's Not all about the money. From a betting man, I think he's Dolphins bound. I don't know. But I think he's dolphins bound. 0457736736. 736. That is the text line number. Jules with you on high ground.
1: It's
2: that time of the night. We check in with Simon McLaughlin, the deputy sports editor of the Daily Telegraph, to see what is on the back pages of the Telly tomorrow. He's on the line right now. Evening,
0: mate. G'day Jules,
2: how's things? Yeah, it's alright. Uh, how was your Canterbury Bulldogs Mad Monday? Was it as good as my Dragons Mad Monday?
0: Uh, well, it was a bit quieter than previous Bulldogs Mad Mondays. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah I mean, you have the telescopic
2: was, lens out, did you?
0: Uh, hovering around the rocks, yeah. no. Yeah. Well, we offloaded Adam Elliott to the Raiders, so uh, yeah, you did. maybe that lens needs to be cast down Canberra way uh, soon. Alright,
2: now, speaking of teams that have made the eight, Manly was one of those sides, albeit without Trebojevic last year, and there's been a lot of speculation about the future of Des Hasler. Funny as I say that, I look up to my screen, they've got a replay of NRL 360, and the headline reads, Hasler in the firing line after dismal season. Now, let's talk about him walking away, being squeezed out, and, and riffs between the captain and the, the star brothers being Jake and, and Tom Trebojevic, and Now, Scotty Mm. Penn, who's based in the States these days, I believe he's back down under and now there's Mm. talk potentially of a Hasler extension,
0: is that right? Yeah, that's right. Look, we've been uh, running plenty of manly stuff since uh, breaking it all in the Sunday Telegraph that Des's position was uh, in some sort of jeopardy. Now, finally, Scott Penn, the owner, has actually gone on the record about all of this and uh, he's meeting with Des tomorrow. Des's management, certainly, at this stage, it's unclear whether Des will be there for the start of the meeting. Um, suggestion being that maybe emotions might be a bit, bit too high and that maybe his manager goes in first. But to, uh, to discuss Des's future, now Scott Penn says he's open to Des staying at the club long term. Um, it's certainly coaching next year where he's contracted to do so um, but that um, he wants to see a succession plan in place um, I think he's he's happy for Des to stay at the club maybe as sort of director of football beyond next year um, but wants to know if there is a plan in place which look he's the only of the club that's fair enough and it is a club that's sort of bit by bit falling apart because of sort of poor management processes mm. Uh, it's one of these sorts of things at Manly. I feel like their strength eventually became their weakness, where um, they were a club that relied on powerful individuals like Bob Fulton, and who you know brought you know half of his family into um, help run the club. And it ends up when you lose the powerful figurehead that you get all the factions uh, you know swamping on the power vacuum, and that's yeah. when things start falling apart. So. Scott Penn appoints um, Tony Mestrov as the chief executive to try and sort it all out. And, you know, Dez has his own peculiar reaction. You would have seen the stories during the week about all the surveys being sent to the players mm. to see if they were happy with the coaching staff and the captaincy. Um, well, Matt Mestrov certainly didn't send those surveys out. So prob- it's, it's probably a good guess that, if Des wasn't the guy who said it out himself, that he uh, told the person to do it himself. So um, I think Des was pretty confident that he's got the support of most of the players. So it's just whether he, he's he been angry about the um, sort of what he thinks is a lack of leadership at the club, which is probably fair enough in the wake of the Pride jersey fiasco. So it's all come to a head tomorrow. Um, I don't expect that, you know, Des Hazler walks out of the club tomorrow. Who knows? That has happened before. Uh, that yeah, um,
2: he's he's not the sort to walk out unless he's handsomely compensated. I, I, I'd I'd hate to see his time <laughs> at Manly second time around. I should say end this way. He's mm. a club legend. I mean, he's won competitions with him, and you know, it's, he's Manly through mm. and through. And you always get the sense at Manly you kind of need a Manly guy there. Yeah, mainly on ba- yeah. But Perhaps oh, I'm unfairly basing that off off Trent Barrett's short and troubled tenure. I, I'm not sure. But having said that, I mean, the Triple is like Trent, but. I heard that, that Steve Hales, one of the assistants, is pretty highly regarded. Mm. So maybe there's a succession plan there. And, um, you know, it's it's not Absolutely. uncommon, he's, isn't it, for, one of
0: many.
2: Yes. for um, you know, chat about some of the, the big-name coaches in the game to ultimately, I guess, step in a coaching director's role and usher in the next generation beneath them. And this is another example of that, possibly.
0: Absolutely. And, and that seems like it would be a fair enough thing. I mean, has Huzzle 61. Perhaps he doesn't actually want to coach beyond mm. um, next year, but I'd I'd say he still probably wants an income. So um, he's actually only two games – he's only coached two games less than Bob Fulton did. He's on 3.05 and, and Fulton is on is 3.07. Right? So wow. it's really interesting timing, isn't it? That's <clears throat> I was,
2: I'd like to do a little stats comparison. Obviously, Bozo won in 87, um, made three consecutive grand finals. Uh, 95, 96, 97, uh, lost 2-1-1. So that's two grand finals. Mm -hmm. Sorry, two wins, four grand finals. Des, Des would be similar, actually. Des won a
0: couple, didn't he? Yeah, then he had... Des won uh, a couple at Manly. And he had
2: two at the Dogs, which he lost. Yeah. And then, yeah, wow. So they're almost identical, if you think about it. Mm, Very similar. Yeah, very similar. Both Manly legends. Anyway, now, finals time. People do stupid things, don't they? And they... Read the form or uh, don't read the form or read too much into it. Now there's been a bit of a betting plunge and am, am I reading this right that someone's gone all out on the eels?
0: Well, so not not one person. It, it's okay. it's it's uh, several people. It's um, the five major Australian betting agencies holding about three million dollars on Parramatta to win the grand final oh. and uh, to do very. Of course, that would that. Uh, probably means beating um, Penrith on Friday night. Um, it's, they are the, the, basically the most popular team with the bookies going into the finals. They are now the second favourites to win the competition behind Penrith. Penrith for oh, wow. $2.30. Yields are $6.50. Um, and they've actually come in to win tomorrow, uh, Friday night's game, sorry, from $3.25 into $2.00, under $3.00. So um, the 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 tab sort of reporting that Parramatta, you know, whenever they get a few wins, they are always one of the more popular teams for betting agencies. Um, but it just feels like they're the team that's got the the good vibes around them. Um, with you know they've had a few good wins in a row, and in, um, including the Storm, and you know they beat the Penrith the last two times they played them. So. Um, yeah, you know,
2: it's, I, it's, it's probably uh, a decent value bet. Yeah, it's it's a big outlay on a team that is so erratic, like the Parramatta Eels. You know, they can mm. beat a Melbourne, can beat a Penrith, and then lose to Canterbury, lose to the Tigers. Remember that that bloke early this year that had what a hundred grand on them at about a dollar two or something to win against the Tigers, and they got dusted. You know, if, I if any, yeah, I, just, I would back them with no confidence. I, they're obviously a real chances something about Penrith obviously Cleary's back and and rested and I just feel like they mm. they've got that they've had that reset for the finals and they they're ready to roll Penrith but I uh, you know what I my team's not in the finals I I'd, I'd like to see Parramatta get up I really would I think it'd be great for well, the game it, it's a big I, club I look I live in the area so I've got a bit of a soft spot for Parramatta. but it'd be nice I mean it's it's the longest premiership drought isn't it in, in the entire comp
0: Absolutely, and and for me, a Bulldogs fan, our most uh, bitter enemies in my lifetime anyway, Parramatta, and it's clearly been so long that even I feel sorry for them. And <laughs>
2: seeing them get there. Until they win go, what was I thinking? Just reading here, uh, yeah. Jacob Curra has won the Canterbury-Bankstown Rookie of the Year Award. Must have the awards tonight. So well done to Jacob Kira. There's a good one that you've unearthed. And then, oh, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. Parramatta win the comp and you get... Reed Marnie with his tail up and a winning mentality. Uh, you're looking pretty good next year, your boys. Certainly, I think yeah. you're looking... There's more upside for the dogs next year than there are for the Tigers. Now, at the start of the year, there was talk that Luke Brooks is going to be shipped off to Newcastle. Well, that didn't happen. Yes. And then they shifted position and now questioning his place on the side. Well, you know, a season's a long time in footy, and now there's chat that they might extend his contract.
0: Yeah, that's right. Look, this is all to do with the new coach, Tim Sheens, who's a Luke Brooks fan. So they will, they've already started talks with Luke Brooks to extend the deal. He's there on big money next season, which has been very well reported how fat his contract is. Um, and they—and Sheens is such a fan of him that he wants to keep him beyond next year. Newcastle are still interested, believe it or not. Um, a, that might say as much of Newcastle's. Um, playmaker stocks as, as it does about Luke Brooks' skill. But um, they're still in the hunt. He will be 28 when his deal expires next season. And I just don't... I've, I've seen Luke Brooks play a few times live this year and he, I wouldn't want him on my team. Um, when they lost to the Bulldogs out at uh, Parramatta Stadium, he was just didn't even look like a first grader. Mm. And, of course, I was there like that over on Sunday, just gone. And I don't think Luke Brooks would have made much difference to the uh, shambles of that well,
2: the West Tigers. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. I mean, the problem's run far deeper than Luke Brooks. But 28, I mean, this is the age where he should be hitting his prime, really, as a halfback. I mean, you look at, Absolutely. I mean, you, you look at Ben Humphrey. He's career-best form this year, and what he's, he's 32 now. But if they do retain him, I mean, what sort of money do you think is reasonable for somebody like Brooks, given what he's well, achieved look, or more to the point what he hasn't achieved? Yeah.
0: Well, if he's, if he's to be a starting halfback, and it, that, let's face it, it's the most important position on the field. I guess a, like a 700,000 a year is what a halfback should be getting. Mm. Like, I don't think he's a 700,000 thousand dollar a year player um, anymore, probably more like half a million, but... Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because it hasn't worked at the Tigers this year with the books there. And I don't know if he's the answer to it beyond next year.
2: And then what about Jackson Hastings? I know that he was sort of tied. He had very close ties to Michael Maguire that played him a bit at Lock. Uh, you know, Jock Madden's mm-hmm. the other one that was there that seemed to have a pretty good winning percentage when he plays. Um, but I, I think I read that he was given permission to, to look around. I think it. I'd That's re- why Penrith
0: are very interested in Jock, in Jock are as no, a yeah.
2: okay. backup player because they're losing Sean O'Sullivan. Shaun O'Sullivan. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. They've got a, got a lot of problems, the Tigers. Um, there's another one I'd like to see. I'd like to see pull themselves off the canvas. Anyway, uh, let's get a tip off you while i got you. Penrith Power of Friday night. Uh, look,
0: Penrith and Penrith to win the competition. I just think everyone gets a little bit muddled at this time of year mm. and I don't see any reason why Penrith wouldn't win the whole thing.
2: Cowboys and Sharkies. Who's going to win that?
0: I think Sharks, and you alluded to it before. Cowboys are a horrible team in Sydney, and I think they will continue to be. Melbourne and the Raiders? Well, I'm going to say the Raiders in this one. For some odd reason... They seem to be have an excellent record down in Melbourne of recent times, yeah. and they are, have their tails up massively. They were playing with such confidence on Sunday, and I think that, it, look, the Storm are pretty beaten up. Um, you know, they're far from a full-strength team, and I think the Raiders can pull up the upset of the weekend.
2: Yeah, maybe. I'll, no, I like the And this is going to be a great one, isn't it? Sunday, at Hey, Have you been? Did you get out there? I haven't
0: yet, and I'm hoping that someday is the day I get out there. I'm really keen to see it. I've had a million friends um, showing me their photos and telling me where you can stand and sit, and this is the place you get your drinks and all of that, sort of get there early enough because it's half price, and, and yeah. I'm really pumped. Um, but that game, oh, my goodness. Oh, look, I, I sort of hope it's a little bit more, you know, a bit closer than last week's one was. I think it will be. Um, this is going to be the closest game to the round, I think. I think probably the Roosters Pip the Rabideaus still, yeah. but geez, I'm not sure on that one. Yeah, it could go either way.
2: Anyway, uh, we've got some great games ahead of us. Thank you, mate. We'll catch all of those stories in tomorrow's Daily Telegraph. Cheers, Jules. There he is. Simon McLaughlin, always very generous with his time, the Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph. 0457 736 736. You're on high ground. Great to have your company this Wednesday night. Uh, A couple more sleets in Penrith, Parramatta. Hey, just away from league for the moment. uh, Chelsea, this news coming through not that long ago. They've sacked their manager, Thomas Tuchel. Only six games into the season. Why why would anybody be a coach, honestly? They suffered a a loss in the Champions League overnight, uh, this morning at Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, Apparently that was the final nail in his coffin. He had a slow start of the season, but be that as it may, they lost, what, two out of their opening six matches. And they've punted him. Gone. Tough, tough business. I'm sure the SEAL's got a bit more to say about that. We'll speak to him shortly. Speaking of Champions League, though, Ange Postacoglu's first ever Champions League game was a tough one for him. They went down 3-0 to the great Real Madrid defending champions. Their first appearance in the group stage for five years, Celtic. They were admirable. Oh, you know, I had a look at a lot of the reaction to this and particularly in that first half. I mean, he doesn't die wondering. A lot of teams against a side of that quality would just park the bus and defend and defend and, and try not to concede. It's not the way we play. I'll tell you what, they hit. They, they could have been 2-0 up at halftime. Things went their way, and it would have been a very different story. They didn't, and, you know, it's a game of millimetres at that level. You don't take your chances, you pay. And at the back end of the game, well, they, they were just too classy in the end. But I, I don't think you would lost any admirers, Ange. I really don't. I'll tell you what, looking at the other two in his group, Shakhtar Dinesk and RB Leipzig, I mean, you reckon they're a chance? You reckon the chance? I mean, it's Real Madrid and the rest. Luka Modric too. I mean, he's about 47 years of age now. I read today that he played his first Champions League game in, was it 2008 or something like that? Was it? Was it you're kidding. 2005. 05. 2005. Yes. Wow. How old is he now? About 34, 35 now? Remember they called it the worst transfer. I don't think that's a little harsh on him. He's a pretty decent player. He'd be mid thirties, I would have thought. Thirty-six. Thirty-six. There you go. So he's been around. So sort of Tottenham fans would be very familiar with Modric, but he scored last night and still looked like he's got some pretty good touch. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three. Well, look, you've know, already heard his voice. So I guess we should do this.
1: Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree
2: to disagree. I think you agree with me that Lange lost no admirers.
3: Absolutely not. Yeah. He said they were gonna come out and try to play their football. You mentioned the two chances before um half time. The best chance of the game actually came just after it when mm. Daysen Maeda basically fluffed his lines from about six yards out. He could have put them ahead one nil after the break, which would have made things yeah. even more interesting. They had plenty of chances, Real Madrid showed the quality Throughout the second half, but uh, yeah, they had a bit in common with the Matildas, who played very similarly mm. last night against Canada. They were very good in the first half and then faded away.
2: Oh, just on the Matildas, I mean... Uh, mm, uh, worrying. Uh, yes, but, but the calls about the future of Tony Gustafsson are, are growing louder and louder, mm. are they not?
3: Yes. Yes. Um, in my opinion, rightfully so. I think those two results, in isolation, are not too bad. They're good. You know, you're playing the gold medalists from... Uh, a year ago. So that's no meat feet to you know only lose by one goal and really have the better of a lot of the match last night. But um, when you put that in context with everything that's happened, he hasn't established any sort of depth, despite the fact there is talent there. Courtney Vine started last night, who's been waiting two years basically to have a crack in the national team set up under Tony. And she was one of the brightest players on the pitch. So uh, there's a a yawning gap in age of players that he's picked between sort of the 18, 19-year-olds and sort of the players in the 20s. Like the Mary and the, yeah, yeah. So uh, the generation between Mary Fowler and sort of you know, Steph Catley's and um, Katrina Gorey's. Well, how is
2: Caitlin Ford now? She's,
3: she's in her late 20s. Yeah. She burst on the scene very, very young. She played well last night. One of she her did. best ma- yeah. uh, performances in Matilda's Colours for a very long time. But, uh, yeah, there's... Consternation amongst the ranks of the very angry football community in Australia.
2: Good use of consternation. Yes, thank you.
3: All right, hit me. Agree to disagree. Wednesday, Daniel? No. Josh Schuster mm. is the root of the problems at Manly at the moment.
2: It might be an overreaction, uh, but uh, that's... look, I, I, no, I have to say, disagree. I'm not saying that he's not part of the problem, but it'd be hard to to put it all back on Josh Schuster. And people in his corner mm. talking him up and say, captain's here. The point is, Des cracked at him because he came back at yes. 120 kilograms. Mm. Not good enough. And Des is a fitness freak, right? And Josh is meant to be Manly's 5'8
3: going mm. forward. It's in his contract well, four that he'll be four gone, gone five That's right. And that's the Wonderfully reason Wonderfully talented player. Wonderfully talented yeah, player, but you hand it on a platter. I'm sorry, that's just ridiculous. And the attitude he's shown all year is that it's not going to be fixed. Mm. Now, I hope he proves me wrong, but the Fultons' rumour the rumours around the Fultons are that they want to carry on Bozo's leg- legacy and Josh Schuster is part of that. If that's the case, that's farcical.
2: He's a good player. But, like I said, he needs to get fitter. Absolutely. But I disagree there. Disagree. Mm. Uh, there's more issues. I mean, they're, they're yes. churning through I- CEOs. I mean, it's, it's not just –
3: what Hopefully, player. Mr. Mestrov can uh, get the house in order there. Nick Kyrgios mm. won't win a major in singles. I agree. Mm. That was his he's chance. Got come wasn't close,
2: it? yeah. I don't know how much how motivated is It's hard now. I've got to wait for the Australian Open and do it all again. And you know, Novak's probably going to be there, and Rafa will be fitter. And, yeah. Can he be refreshed? I mean, he's
3: got good record against those guys. Yeah, That's, uh, they're not the obstacle.
2: Yeah, the obstacle
3: is. Whatever's going on upstairs in the, he's getting better.
2: I just you know, consistently make quarterfinals, probably. But the problem is he was started his that. Com-
3: yeah, he started that mental development at twenty eight. You know, a, 28's a good age. Man, it's anyway. a great age, but he's left it a very long time. True. Wonder where it he It takes he is as long as, his, as it takes. You know, some people
2: maturity. are different places in their development. You're absolutely right. But mm. no, as it stands, I don't think he will. No, I don't no, think he will. Mm. I mean, I. Before Wimbledon, I didn't think he would. No. So, we're one and one.
3: Allianz is great. Allianz Stadium, the Sydney football stadium is mm. great. But they could have done more for the price that we, as the taxpayer, pay. You know, that
2: it's it's really interesting you say that. Um, I've read a bit of the reaction. Everybody's been like, it's, it's magnificent. It's it's bright it and shiny. It's It's sort of just a better version of what was yeah. there before. Not entirely dissimilar. Uh, the gradient of the stands is a bit steeper for a better viewing experience and the roof comes out to cover the concourse. 840 mil or whatever it was, you know, where has that gone? You know, Some are saying, you know, could you have saved some money putting a facelift? My understanding is uh, uh, issues of access and things couldn't be fixed with just a facelift. Mm. like They needed a proper knockdown or rebuild. All this talk about a world-class stadium, it's, it's very good. It's a rung off world class. It's not world class. It's not the Burner Bow, which you mm. can dismantle the pitch and store it beneath the stadium. This is what I'm it talking about. It doesn't have a roof. It so it could be better. It's very good, mm. very serviceable. Uh, could it be better look, in terms of the cost? I don't know. It was done by the same designers. Is that weird? No, what is that? <laughs> is that a vibration here in the studio? Someone's drilling next door. Mm. Uh, it was done by the same architects that designed the original football stadium that opened in 1988. Maybe they needed a fresh set of eyes, something different. I don't know. I haven't been there. I need to sit with my own eyes. I understand it's very good, but it's not a cutting-edge stadium that we've seen elsewhere in the, in
3: the world. Those couple of things, and something that would have been much cheaper, is the curtain for the top tier because it is... Having been there last night, it is, it's is—it's massive. Mm. It really is. It's cavernous. And there were 26,000 there last night for the Matildas game. Mm. 10 15,000. It's going to sound great because it's going to hold all of it in. It really it, it closed the whole way around. It's, you know, it's upgraded. It's modern. But on TV, ten to 15,000 in yeah. there is going to get lost yes. pretty quickly. Okay.
2: So curtain, you reckon? I reckon the curtain for the Like a nice tier, velvet curtain. Well, dull the just, sound. And the,
3: yes. It's been done elsewhere. Mm. Mm. It, I, well, well, who well else does curtains? I don't know the stadiums exactly, yeah. but there are a couple in the States definitely that host Major League Soccer that yeah. um, <laughs> have sorts of things like that that share their stadiums with NFL teams. So I they remember can expand it, it for the 80,000 when the NFL come in and then it's nice and yeah. compact for, yeah. the, for the soccer.
2: Uh, yeah, it's, uh, go, going back to the real cutting edge stadiums that can properly reconfigure themselves. Mm. But what you see in Madrid, where they basically take the picture part of the store, is it's, it's, mm. it's fried up. I'd love to know how much that cost, mm. mind you. Uh, that, I heard an interview many years ago um, from an architect talking about stadiums. Said a really good stadium should last you when you build it and you do it right, last year fifty years, mm. right? And then if the bare bones are still serviceable, still in place. Then you can, you know, dress it up as need be, give it a facelift, get a paint job, the rest of it. But a good fifty years. I mean, some great state like the American R still going strong. Mm. You What's know, the one in Germany that they play out of? Um, you know, there's there's a whole host of mm. the stadium. Olympia Stadium. Yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of them. Mm. And we were talking about knocking down the one at Homebush. It's meant to be a stadium, 20 years stadium, old. stadium. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> opening for the Olympic Games. I mean, mm. it's just remarkable. Anyway. How quickly things
3: age True. when they're not maintained properly. Okay, I'm going to take you down the food path because I did some cooking tonight. I yeah, I like my, going down the food path. I looked in
2: my pantry. There wasn't much there. so pest- do, you do, do you do the, the old Christoph Surprise Chef on yourself? You know, we used to rock up to people's houses. Do you remember that show? Christoph Surprise Chef. I you get know, open all you Christophe got like one. a can of tomatoes, some old spaghetti, and I'd know some tuna. He goes, oh, I'll make you a beautiful dinner.
3: Well, so that was pretty close to what I had today, yeah, minus okay. the tuna. That definitely wouldn't be going in a pasta. But. uh... For me, pesto, yes, the essential sauce to just have in there, just in case. It's the saviour sauce, I call uh, it.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know what? You can chuck it on anything. That's right, pesto. Yeah, you know, I'll go with that. Old chicken, you know, tomatoes, like a brilla pesto or something like, yeah,
3: gorgeous. Yes, Mixed pesto's through. pretty easy to there make you yourself
2: cut... though. Yeah, fresh basil, olive oil, maybe garlic I need to do and do that. pine nuts. That's all you need.
3: Maybe I need to do that. Make Plain your own ahead. pesto. Plan ahead. Yeah, and a
2: blender. Mm. Yeah, or a food processor. Beautiful, man.
3: Oh, okay. So well, I'm gonna have to a get your week. recipe. Yet. And I'm three and one with you today. We three oh, and great. one, that is are we? Fantastic. So this is the last one. I think this will be disagreeable. We'll see, the NRL had an opportunity to host the NRL Grand Final at Allianz this season. Mm. Celebrate its opening, its shiny new crown jewel. Would have been a year perhaps to take it and have it at Allianz.
2: Sorry, so you're asking me. I, I, I agree think they, that we should I have, think
3: they could have taken the NRL grand final to Allianz Stadium this year rather than a core.
2: Nah. You need the seats for a grand final, mate. You're not going to sacrifice 30,000 at a grand final. Even it's a showpiece event. You can't celebrate it. Center nah, of Sydney. Nah. Tell you find what, they, new toy. they could have had two games there this weekend. Mm. I'm just saying. I mean, it's it's not the NRL Stadium. Let's also remember that. No. You know, City FC play there, and, you know, the Wallabies, and the Matildas, Mm. and, you know, Souths would like to play there, of course. But uh, That's another story for another day. That's a TPC. Uh, They're meant to be one big happy family. Now, Finney's New South Wales are just worried about, you know, a call being a a white elephant. Mm. But it just seems odd to me that you've got these blockbusters and you've got a pretty decent 80,000-seat stadium with the lights off this weekend. We're playing at Shark Park. $95 $95 for Cat 1 at Shark Club. Oh, no, look, you know what? They say you we can you we can slug that price point on a ticket because mm. you know that the diehard fans we'll go. will go. Mm. I was chatting to a the bloke who runs my local coffee shop. He's a mad Sharks fan. He said, I'd pay 100 bucks in a heartbeat. I'd pay 100 to sit on the hill to go to that game. Mm. So that's a problem. I know you would, but a lot of people can't afford that. Supply and demand. Yeah, supplies could be accessed. Thank you, mate. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. Give me a call as well. How's your day been? Give me some predictions for the weekend. What did you make, Kyrgios? 1-300-01-1170. That is the open line number. This is high ground. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. Be quiet night. Where is everybody? Should have. We just give away a prize for the first person texting any kind of gibberish. Or call me one three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Now this is funny, and I wrote a piece for the website this week on SN.com.ego about Live Golf, and I had a bit to say about it on Monday. And I said, you know, it was great, it was entertaining. And yeah, they're happy because DJ fired and Camp Smith fired, he was their star recruit, of course, being the world number two. And, you know, twelve of the past twenty six slam winners, uh, featuring Live. But I said at the end of the day, without any context, just a, it's nothing more than a traveling roadshow. Uh, that's all it is. Same 48, the uproot, they go to the next city and they do it all over again. So it's all well and good, you know, to, to say, we're going to see Phil Mickelson, we're going to see Pat Perez, we're going to see Lee Westwood. But say, for example, I know Perez had a better tournament, as did Westwood. But outside of that, they've been playing pretty poorly. So at what point do these big names that get banged around at plus eight cease to become an attraction? Because this is a the thing. There's, there's no real merit system to it. And that's a problem I have with it, you know, separate to all the sports washing and stuff. But just on Camp Smith, the animosity between the PGA Tour and the Saudi-back live golf series is real. And so too is the pettiness. What about this? (laughs) Among the perks of winning the Players' Championship, the flagship tournament the tour, is the reigning champ has a reserved parking spot with his name on it in front of Sawgrass's clubhouse for a year. So Cameron Smith obviously had that because he won it. But his sign has now been replaced with the generic sign that reads tour players only. So before it says reserved 2022 players champion Cameron Smith. Now he's buggered off to live. Well, guess what? You've lost your sign, buddy. You've lost sign privileges reserved tour players only. Isn't that funny? Not only that, a replica bag with his winning clubs is also removed from the pro shop, according to Golf Week. These, well, is it petty? Is it petty? <laughs> he's a little bit petty. Rocky just wrote in prize. Oh, I was, I would be <laughs> tongue in cheek, Rocky, but I uh, love it to hear from you. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. G'day, Mark.
1: Hey, Julian. i was just talking a couple of points. Mm. Firstly, um, the great Valandis, he's got a deal to make for the next TV, right?
2: Yep. Mm. He does. Got to um, obvious,
1: obviously um. I can see the big bargaining chip being the ninth game. But, look, the AFL got a good deal and good luck to them. But maybe you can educate me a bit more than I But Queensland and New South Wales, the ACT, have over probably 60% of the population in the country. Mm. Plus, you throw in New Zealand. So, just... Look, I know they all don't watch rugby league, but a fair whack of it do. So you'd have to be in a good chance of getting a pretty good deal,
2: wouldn't you? You would think so. You know, it's a lot of the figures that, that respective codes toss up, Mark, are always a bit rubbery, and you read all the PR spin, you know. Um, my yeah, understanding yeah. is that, loosely speaking, uh, the AFL are, are cumulatively leaving league behind uh, each broadcast rights deal. Um, metro-wise, the AFL rate's higher than the Rugby League on a per-game basis. If you factor in regionals, then Rugby League becomes far more competitive. Look, you know, there's people that are educated in business the sport that are far smarter than I in this respect. Um, But the AFL also got assets. You know, Rugby League traded away their digital assets to appease the broadcast rights holders. You know, that being NRL.com, they really stripped it back. That's now worth next to nothing. They don't own any stadia. So really the only asset that Rugby League has, and you can call it an asset, is a broadcast rights steal. So they're putting all yeah, the their eggs in one in basket here. That that That's a concern that I have, is that they don't get the price that they should get.
1: Uh, yeah, they got that in the hotel in Brisbane, apparently. Yeah, but, yeah, that's just, um, oh, wow. But, but, like, if I... Look, I'm not... I don't presume to be savvy on these sort of things, but I, I do take an interest in the game because it's a game I love. But mm. if I was the NRL and I was making, looking odd stadium would be where I'd go. And I'd build, not a big stadium, but I'd say an eighteen to 20,000-seat stadium in the middle of Liverpool, and that's where I'd head. That's exactly where it's needed. That brings me to my second point, is that I went to Allianz twice on the Friday, I was telling Alex, and then I went yesterday with the other daughter to see the Matildas. What do you think? Unbelievable. Nice. Unbelievable. Yeah. But, but the problem is, and i said this to Jimmy, we're now got, and it can only happen in, in Sydney, and I, I live in the South Coast, but you've got a stadium in the West that's got great parking facilities and a crap ground to watch rectangular sport, and then a stadium in the East, which is a great ground to watch sport, but it was... It was horrendous.
2: Crap parking facilities.
1: Oh, oh, oh like, because obviously Moore Park, half of it, like, what, I was in old school, you'd park on Moore Park, which was a pain in the arse, but you knew you were going to get a park there. Yeah. On the, fr- on the Friday, I did the old. We, we, we stayed a night, so we got the light rail. What a pain in the bum that is. <laughs> and last night, we, we parked in Fox Studios. Fox Studios, it took us an hour to get out of Fox Studios.
2: Yeah, I've been stuck there.
1: Like, no, no no, wonder people in Sydney, seriously, like, no wonder they're hesitant to go. You can have the greatest stadium in the world, but, like when
2: you're up against that... Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Remember, you used to be able to park in the grass across the road. I think they shut that off now. And, uh, one of the schools occasionally open up for parking. But I haven't caught the tram. I've, I've heard a few different stories about the tram there, Mark, but further to that, I mean, then they've got that, that walk bridge that kind of goes nowhere a very strange walk yeah, see, bridge that they have yeah see I, I,
1: look, like it's not connected I'm not savvy with sydney yeah Nah. and I, I'm not I'm not savvy with sydney so it was a bit of an experiment like you know what i mean like people that are savvy with sydney with the cbd they go yeah we'll go here go there yeah. but yeah but well look the the the, the stadium itself brilliant um toilets Plenty of eateries. It was brilliant, and you can actually—the best thing I like about it—is you can get a
2: drink and you can watch the game. Yep, yeah, yeah that, that's a so, similar design principle to to bank where, or sorry, Combank, I should say.
1: Yeah,
2: that so you're lined up, you still get yeah. a glimpse of the game, uh, which is is pretty important, of course. Anyway, I'm looking forward to getting yeah. out there, mate. Looking for just a quick word on on no, the Dragons, no, mate. Uh, anything you want to say about uh, the season? How do you assess it? Oh, mate, look,
1: what can I say? It's a funny year, Julian, because if you would have said twelve and twelve, you would have said, "Yeah, wow." That's
2: would have made good. the eight last year. Would have made seventh last year. In yeah, fact. well,
1: de- definitely. But let's um, just say, just that junior talent. And I, Sloan, he did one good thing on the weekend, yeah. and but he just was not involved, and he looked the shadow of himself. But. Mm. We need some front rollers,
2: Julian. Need some front rollers. Yeah, we need some go forward, don't we? Still getting chewed up in the middle. Anyway, twelve and twelve is an improvement on last year. Mark, we'll leave it at that, mate. I've got a fly. Thank you. Good to hear from you as always. Okay, buddy. 1-300-01-1170. 1170 We'll take a break. Isn't funny how time gets away from you? 0457 736 So Rocky rate, price. Exclamation mark on the text line. And then he writes back, okay, I'll give you something a bit more. Allianz last night, spectacular. Is there anything more? Really, they could have done. Prices for food have been overstated. Barely lines at the bars. It's proper modern. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Rocky. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. It's hard to see. You've got to gauge it yourself, don't you? See it with your own two eyes. And the reason I say that is because, you know, on social media, so oh, I wait 30 minutes to go to the toilet. No, it sounds excessive, but I mean, I'm not going to dispute that account. But most people, by and large, went and said, it's a wonderful viewing experience and it's an outstanding stadium. You know what, Rocky? You right. prize... Because you haven't been quiet. You've been my first exit tonight. Rocky, I've uh, I've rated the prize cupboard here. And by that, I mean I sent um, Mad Dog Mulchin off out to, to see what he could find. Uh, Rocky, I'm going to send to you, if you want it, a uh, Valvoline polo shirt. It's pretty nice. It looks like uh, you could, if you play golf, Rocky, this would be a handy thing to wear or polish a car with it, either or. But uh, Valvoline polo shirt, you know what? That is coming your way, Rocky. So, yes, ask... And thou shalt receive your rock Thank you, mate. Always good to hear your thoughts. 0457 736 I'm oh, just laughing, though. Eh? Camp Smith has his, his parking spot taken away.
0: <laughs>
2: it's like, you know, it's like we get sacked, they ush you out the building. They escort you out. you got to get a box and pack all your stuff. And it's like they erase almost any kind of sign that you ever existed eight four five seven seven three six seven three six. Uh run of outs continues for Aaron Finch at the cricket on tomorrow night. Uh that other game against New Zealand. But I'll tell you what, you know the thing about Finch, you know, I love him. He's a boomer bus sort of player and I just felt that T twenty World Cup, you hold the loft the trophy, the UAE. It was meant to be the Indian one, except for COVID. That would have been a really good time for him to bow out the international scene. Granted, it's difficult because then, 12 months later, you're playing a T20 World Cup on home soil and you are still the captain. It's it's hard to say no to, to lead them out. But bottom line is this. If Aaron Finch was not the captain, he'd have be been punted by now. He's 36. He's probably not getting any better. They talk about the footwork. You know, it's good. It's, it's right that McDonald and co and George Bailey back him because they have to because he's the captain. But... You know what, if he fails in that World Cup, people are going to be asking a lot more questions. A lot more questions. Speaking of World Cups, Alex Hales. Now, if you like your big bash, he's appeared for the Sydney Thunder down under. Uh, his long international exile, Alex Hales, is over. He was called to replace the injured Johnny Bairstow for the next month's T20 World Cup in Australia. He's 33 now. Plays for Nottingshire, as I mentioned, the Sydney Thunder side as well. Hasn't represented England, Alex Hales, in more than three years, but was dumped on the eve of the 2019 50 Overworld Cup. This was in the aftermath of a couple of failed recreational drug tests. And he was there with Ben Stokes that night in Bristol, and people thought perhaps his cards were marked. But he's been given a reprieve because Johnny, poor well, Johnny Bester, he had a wonderful test summer and he's thriving in, in basball. Sidelined by a freak leg injury sustained while playing golf. So just walking up to a tee, slipped over, bang, done his leg, out of the T20 World Cup. That is a highly unfortunate injury. When he gets going, it's few better to watch, best. So Jason Roy, uh, he was dropped due to lack of form. Think about Jason Roy. I mean, he, he's destructive on his day. And Sydney Sixers fans would remember him. He's, he's worn the magenta. But when he's out of form, he just looks dreadfully out of form. He had a shocker in the 100. Absolute Barry Crocker. So Alex Hales gets a reprieve. And we wish him well, 33 years young. Apparently the um, – the I can't wait to watch it. The Ben Stokes documentary is meant to be brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And they go with him through his lowest of lows and, you know, after that suspension and he breaks down in tears. And I guess the other thing too is that it really spotlights mental, spotlights mental health. And the reception, even five years ago, I'm not sure the reception would have been the same. But we're far more aware of the impact of off-field things and the effect that they can have. On players on the field as well. Now, yeah, should we do birthdays, Mulchie? Let's do birthdays. Sporting birthdays today. Born today, 1894. Vic Richardson. Got a set of gates named after him, Vic Richardson at Adelaide Oval. He's, of course, uh, the chapel's grandfather. 1959. A couple of rugby league players. Tony Melrose is one. He played for the Wallabies and played for the Roosters as well. Uh, Jill Coda, born today, 1959. Happy birthday to Tony Melrose. Happy birthday as well to, to Peter Kelly. Happy birthday, Kel. Played for the Dogs, played for the Panthers. Played a bit of Origin. I tell you what, I mean, uh, every time Rugby League has his conversation of the best players never to play for Australia, that is one name that comes up from time to time, Peter Kelly. Really good front rower. Speaking of, I just mentioned him a moment ago, George Bailey, born Australian cricketer turned selector, born today, 1982. Tennis fans, do you remember Zvira? Vera Zvonareva, Russian tennis player, four Grand Slam doubles titles, U.S. Open, Wimbledon runner-up 2010, Federation Cup. Born in Moscow in Russia. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers basketballer Kevin Love, born today 1988, um, related to the famous Love family of Beach Boys fame. Dale Finucane, born today 1991, expected to return to that Shark side for that uh, qualifying final. Uh, against the Cowboys on Saturday. Tom Operchick, the Parramatta Eels and Queensland Centre, born today, 1994. And speaking of Queenslanders, she's one of our greats. Ariane Titmus, Olympic gold, the 200 and 400, 2021 or 2020 technically. World Championship gold in the 400 and the 4x200, born in, she's a Tasmanian, Launceston, Australia. Happy birthday to you, Ariane Titmus. That is us done and dusted this Wednesday night. Uh, Not on Friday night, of course, because the footy final, so I get a bit of a spell back to do it all again on Monday. Good luck to your team if they're still alive this weekend. Thank you to Simon McLaughlin. Thank you to the SEAL. Thank you to our callers and texters as well. I'm Jules. Have a great night. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.